You want to know something about boxes? Yeah. Boxes have four corners. No, they have four corners. corners. Wow. <laughs> the eight numbers. Eight eight it still works, people. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hunter's Grip on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I won the lottery, I would go to Disney World and live in Vancouver with Brittany for the rest of time. Girl, if you go to Disney World, I'm going with you, just so you know. Well, I mean, yeah, you're also invited. Hey, can I please go? Because I've never gone. <gasps> like, can you yeah. leave some for the rest of I us? I think, like, a party. Okay. A You've party never gone? Go I've never gone. Isn't that just devastating? I'm so They're like, sad where right do you want to go on vacation? And I'm like, Disneyland. And now everybody says, aren't you a little old for that? No. no! The entire yeah. premise of the Disney parks is Walt built them to be for everyone. Well. I'm going to Disneyland in June. Oh, I hate you. I hate I you. you. Sorry. You've never just, been to Disneyland either? I've never been to Disneyland, Disney World. I've never been to any kind of park, like any kind of like. Come with us. Amusement park. You should. Okay. Done deal. Good job vacation planning, guys. Mm-hmm. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I won the lottery, this is my favorite oh, wait, game. Brit. What? You gotta say that you like, um, you, I like, I like. No, stop. Robin yeah. keeps, Robin keeps adding to my bio. You gotta because have she thinks in there. she's funny. So long. The last thing that Robin added to my bio was that I like badass milfs and marble countertops. Like she's typing it right now. I'm you, you just leave all of this in. Now my bio's longer than yours. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's still not. Should we add another thing? <laughs> Stop! I hate Brittany you. Brittany Ray likes long walks on the beach. Yeah. and I uh, do. And spicy. It sounds like Chiquitos. you like badass milfs and marble countertops at the same time. Together. <laughs> Why not? It's the Get it. It was a sex joke. You know what? Girls. I skimmed the surface of that joke. Yeah. It was I, good. I'm I proud of you, Robin. Someone shake it. my hand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gonna shake with my left. <laughs> Go to do lefts. <laughs> Thank you. This is you gotta a mess. Do it really yeah, there you go. Okay, okay. This is a freaking mess. Why don't you, you keep going, Britt? You're not even done your bio. Try again. <clears throat> I'm gonna do that if I'm on the lottery part now. Okay. Do you mind? Um, do not mind. <clears throat> if I won the lottery, I would buy an apartment in Vancouver because, I mean, God, a hundred million dollars would barely cover one. Yeah, buy it, and then I don't have to spend my money paying. Yeah, money. exactly. Perfect. I would probably buy a building and I'll have all my friends live in it. <gasps> that sounds so fun. Yeah. Um, I would donate to charity, obviously. Too I would invest it and I would buy a Chanel bag because I've always wanted a Chanel bag because I'm really basic at heart. That's beautiful. I respect you. Yeah, thank you. And once again, uh, this week we have Rena with us. Yeah. Everyone's like, boo, we didn't want her back. She's the worst. <laughs> she doesn't like Sad Sally. Good thing she doesn't have to talk about Sun this episode. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, my name is Rita Pelche, and I am a 23-year-old student. Well, I'm not a student anymore. Wow, no. there goes my oh. there goes my whole caption. Your, your uh, identity's gone. Yeah, I know. 23-year-old actor. Yeah. Worker slave to the economy mm-hmm. um who lives in canmore and Which if also i won the lottery i would buy a lot of dogs 
and then a house to put the dogs in <sighs> mm-hmm. and then Good a answer. separate house for my boyfriend to live in because he doesn't want that many dogs <laughs> <laughs> and you'll just like go in between, in between with, that, the with a hamster yeah like with you know hamster, with a hamster like, little tr- uh, a tube in between exactly yeah exactly and then if he wants a dog he'll be like hey we could do with one more and i could just <laughs> toss it down the tube <laughs> There we go. Yeah. You know. That sounds fine. I think it sounds great. They could probably walk through the tube. They don't need me to toss them. Mm-hmm. They could probably get there. So right. Probably. That's uh, what they have legs for. Rena and I went to school together for four years. Yeah. It, it kind of took until halfway through that to be like, oh, we should be good friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, first year, we weren't really... <laughs> we were in two separate cliques, but that's because our, our class was much bigger. Yes. And then the second year was good. Mm-hmm. And then third year got, we really honed in on the friendship. And then fourth year was just a very serious I mean, yeah. Packed. Once we get to third year, it's like my options went down. I know. Lot, so. There really wasn't anybody left. Like if you, <laughs> it was, oh my God. It really was just, <laughs> just us. This it is was, the basis of a beautiful friendship. Well, the thing is that, like, before we had, like, um, maybe seven or maybe nine girls in our class. And yeah. then uh, once we got to third year, it went down. We had five girls in our class. Yeah. So we were just like, guess these five are my best friends now. Um, Where did all the girls go? Well, I don't know why, but that film program just wasn't a very popular place for the girls that yeah. year, I guess. Or maybe it was. I don't know. Do you feel like we outnumbered them? We did. We didn't outnumber them, but we overpowered them. I felt. I felt in <laughs> as it should be. We were. We've got loud voices. We'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Brock and Pharaoh, who also have guested on this podcast. Yes. Who are also uh, a part of that party. Yeah. Uh, social media. If you want people oh, to yell at you, if you guys want to follow me, I'm. Pretty much on everything is Rena Catherine. That's with two A's because I thought that I was really edgy when I was 12. <laughs> so <laughs> really edgy 12-year-old Rena. Thanks you for following her. Yeah. All right. I think that, I think we're good to move on. Thank God. <laughs> That's fantastic. Today we have words to say about episode 118 of Lost Numbers. Numbers. Okay. So numbers. the title is pretty obvious. It's like about the numbers. But like I was on the Lostpedia page and it was like something about the Bible. So it says, it's the first episode to be named after a book in the Bible. There's also Exodus, which is the season one finale, and the 23rd Psalm, which is in season two. Exodus and 23rd Psalm sounds like, yeah, yeah, those are from the Bible, but there's a book called Numbers? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's the thing I'm most confused by. That's that's Guys, why is that? You know what? If you had said, Rena, brush up on your Bible, (laughs) I would (laughs) have. Sorry. I made a mistake. Yeah, I was... This was, you're the, prepared you're the, for this. you're the, um, of, uh, of the three, you are the professional Bible person. I, you're, thank you're you the, so much. You're the Bible expert thank in this you. group. And I want to apologize that I'm the one that has to, <laughs> I want to apologize to everyone out there. I've only read it once. <laughs> you read the Bible, like, all the way through? Yes. Wow. Front to end front to end that's good was it exciting or was it boring you know what it's i i think it's full of bangers (laughs) (laughs) i think it's full of bangers like let me just say like it's a classic it's a classic little ditty and uh if you ever get bored and want a nice read that makes you you know appreciate people read the beatitudes because you're like yeah yeah these are real it's beautiful anyway moving on i've read harry potter a bunch of times same thing i feel like that's basically the same thing one just has a bigger fandom. 
the broadcast date was March 2nd, 2005, which was almost my birthday. I was about to turn 10. Nice. Written by... God, you're a baby. I know, I'm sorry. Written by David Fury and Brent Fletcher. It was directed by Daniel Atias? Atais? I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's his name. Wow, like a professional, you didn't Google it? I see how it is. You Google it. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. (laughs) So what Robin's going to do is in the style of Lost in 8 minutes and 15 seconds, she is going to recap this episode of Lost in under a minute. If she doesn't manage it in under a minute, she's going to speed herself up in editing so that she sounds like a freaking chipmunk and it delights me to no end. She just opened up the calculator just like I always do. I made a mistake. (laughs) You fools. So. Hurley won the lottery. Too bad that the numbers that he used to win were cursed. A billion bad things happen to him after he wins. His grandfather dies, his brand new house burns down, and he gets falsely arrested. Eventually, he goes to visit Leonard in his old mental health facility to try and find out where the numbers came from. Leonard's yelling leads him to Australia. He meets Martha Toomey, whose husband was also cursed by the numbers, but she believes that people make their own luck. On the island, Locke enlists Claire's help to build a cradle for her baby. Happy birthday, Claire! Hurley sees the numbers on Russo's map and decides to go off and find her to ask her what the heck is going on. Jack, Saeed, and Charlie catch up, and Hurley suddenly has super good luck somehow. Once he finds Rousseau, she finally gives Hurley the answer he was looking for. Someone has finally agreed with him. Russo gives him a battery, and they deliver it back to Michael for his SOS signal. Charlie tells Hurley the biggest secret in his life, and Hurley reciprocates, although Charlie doesn't believe him. A slow push in on the hatch reveals the numbers embossed into the side of it. What a plot twist. Thank you. Wow, you did that in exactly a minute. I'm a professional. Let's start talking! Woo! It's what we do best. We're going to start with talking about Claire and Locke. Okay. Because of course we are. So, Claire and Locke. Locke needs help with a project. Claire's like, well, dude, I can barely do anything. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm the best choice. And Locke's like, listen, there aren't any main characters left. (laughs) For me. You haven't had a plot line in many episodes. (laughs) There's literally, like, a bunch of extras across the beach, but I don't want to talk to them because they don't have names. Unless, who's bu- who's not busy? Boone, but no one wants. He's like, I've been hanging out with Boone too much. Who else? No one else. Who else even exists? This podcast is just Robin talking to herself while we listen. Kate and Son could help. Okay, anyway. Kate and Son are too busy too brooding busy. about... You know, son's mistake. We should have a new segment that's just like, did this episode pass the Bechdel test? Nope. <laughs> Almost nope. never. Just kidding. Almost does never. It, does it ever pass it, actually? Um, You're probably, like, an episode or two, you probably do. I have, like, a thought about Kate and a character that may or may not be named Cassidy that might help out somehow. But this episode definitely did not. Oh, man, this is like looking for a needle in a haystack. That's just sad. Yeah. So she, he's like, okay, well, can you hold a saw? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, perf, let's go. And it's just like nice because it's like somebody needs you. I, I have this, this m- recollection of the time when she was talking about how she's a ticking time bomb and no one wants to even talk to her mm-hmm. except for Charlie. So that's nice. It's nice to feel needed. Yeah. Especially on an island where everyone seems to have it figured out except for her. Yeah. Now just going off into a a small tangent that kind of happens that doesn't really fit into anything. Uh, Sawyer's head hurts, which I believe is a setup for next episode. Might be be the episode after that. Yeah. Yes, correct. I'm miming to her because we can't say it. It's a spoiler. (laughs) Um, 
And uh, he's reading Wrinkle in Time, A Wrinkle in Time. So we'll talk about that in Sawyer's Book Corner. Can we talk about the new movie? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's like, well, so sorry for saving the world. Maybe you should go somewhere else. Walt is like, why aren't you helping? And he's like, I'm watching for arsonists, he says to the arsonist. (laughs) What a guy. You want to hit that a little harder? I'm sorry. Is my building a wrath to get us rescued bothering you? At the moment, yeah. Why aren't you helping? I am helping short round. Keeping watch for arsonists. Uh, He calls him short round, which is a reference to Indiana Jones. Which I think is interesting because there are a lot of like Indiana Jones-esque things going on in this episode, especially with Hurley, you know, the thing where it's like, replace the weight on he the thing. He is Indiana Jones. He is oh, yeah, Indiana he Jones. Is. And like, you know, there's a giant ball of sticks coming at him and like a rickety bridge and like that's kind of Indiana Jonesy, right? It's absolutely Indiana. You know what? Mm. I'm just not going to talk this podcast. Reno, you feeling? Cool. But either way, okay, so the bamboo thing breaks, Jin gets mad, and he says, and I quote, translated, I tied it all night. Which I think just means I spent a lot of time on that. Why, how, why is it breaking? What a nice guy. He's trying his best. He's really, look, He's this is the beginning of a really beautiful friendship that's going to blossom. Mm-hmm. They're buds. It's the beginning of good guy Jin. All of the dudes on that raft end up being buddies and that's nice i like that about them and uh then michael is just like what the heck then we uh move over and son is sitting with kate thinks he'll never speak to her again will he go on the raft the answer is yes spoiler alert he will go on the raft because he earned it didn't he he did yes yeah that's all for that scene I like when robin sums things up i pretend that the characters are like saying the exact phrasing that she's using (laughs) like jim saying what the heck (laughs) <laughs> what the heck what the heck just using modern day colloquialisms that's my favorite thing it's my favorite thing it's mine um it was my favorite first so get wrecked you're right yeah you're right claire and Locke are chilling claire's like are you building a trap and Locke's like yeah that's what it is <laughs> sure jan a he, baby trap a baby trap he made some glue because he's magic how do you make <laughs> like, glue She's like, you should have one of those TV shows where you fix up houses. And then I just imagine Locke being like, move that bus! Kate, but imagine Locke's opinions on, like, how interior design is now. Oh my god. I feel like they would match mine. Like, if he saw one more kitchen with subway tile in it, he would just lose his mind. (laughs) He's like, no more. I truly believe this. Locke wants to be Bear Grylls, but actually he's a property brother. Why are you talking about the property brothers so much? I honestly don't know. I think it's because I follow them on Instagram and they're like subconsciously in my brain. Mm, okay. I'm kind of um, worried. Claire's like, listen, thanks for choosing me. It doesn't feel like anybody wants to talk to me ever. I can't, I still can't remember anything that's going on. And uh, Locke's like, maybe I can help you because I'm good at, at putting pieces together. And I'm like, well, Locke, someone get this man a puzzle. Wow. I'm sure there was one on the airplane. <laughs> someone had a puzzle. You think people just travel with puzzles? Uh, yeah. Can you not judge them, please? Next time I travel, I'm going to specifically take a picture <laughs> of the puzzle that I bring with me to send to you. That's so yes. offensive. <laughs> Puzzleist. Lastly, Locke's like, have you thought of a name yet? She's like, no. Fun fact, I was going to give it away. I was definitely going to s- send it to the adoption agency. And he was like, that must have been a really hard decision for you. And she's like, yeah. 
also, it's my birthday today. And, like, I just can't imagine not telling people it's your birthday just because I'm so obnoxious about my birthday. I will tell you it was my it's my birthday in a month. I'll tell you it's my birthday in two weeks. Yep. I'll tell you it's my birthday in a week. I'll say my birthday's three days from now. True story. <laughs> like, yes. You know when Robin's birthday's coming up. You don't have to write it in your calendar. Oh, yeah. She, she will, will tell let you, you know. immediately. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, oh. 20 days till B-Day. <laughs> 19 days till B-Day. It's my favorite like, holiday. Hey. It's all about me. Hey, who doesn't love their birthday? Well, sometimes I, I think about birthday. how people Ugh. are like, oh, I had a surprise party. And I think no one will ever throw you a surprise party because you plan your own party. Yeah, but this is, don't you feel like if you didn't challenge accepted party, that nobody would plan your own party? Because I'd be sitting like Claire on the beach mm-hmm. waiting for someone to plan me a surprise party. And... You would just hear crickets. You know, I'd be sitting there for years. You know, if uh, if she had told Charlie it was her birthday, he'd be like, "I can't come on this A team with you. I must find balloons, make like imaginary balloons, just like like, peanut butter, leaves and glue that he gets from Lot." No, of course there's balloons here. That's true. Of course, you just can't see them. You just can't see them. And jars of peanut butter. He just do like an imaginary birthday party. That actually, Robin, that do the thing. So cute. Robin, do the thing. Um, I'm the only Australian who loves peanut butter. <laughs> I love when she says peanut butter. Peanut butter. Anyway, I want an imaginary birthday party now because that's so cute. You want an imaginary okay, well, birthday we'll party? We'll one this year. Okay, you know what? <laughs> that sounds great. It'll be plan. cheap as hell. You well, can have imaginary presents too. It's so cute. He's just like, this is the present I got for you. It's a jar of peanut butter. This is another present that I got for you. I don't know anything else about you, so here's another jar of peanut butter. But what else is there? That's true. (laughs) I Um, just bought a jar of peanut butter because I feel like it's the most important food group. She's like, where will I put all of this? Locke is like, listen, it's good luck for your birthdays to be close together, so that's nice. And she's like, well, do you believe in luck? And he's like, well, I believe in a lot of things. And you're like, wow, the most man of faith. It's my birthday today. Why haven't you told anyone? I'm pregnant, single, and on an island in the middle of nowhere. Doesn't really matter that it's my birthday, does it? I guess not. At least your birthdays will be close together, you and your baby, and that's good luck. Yeah? You think? Yeah, I do. You believe in that? Luck? I believe in a lot of things. That should do it. Okay, I give up. What is it? a cradle. Happy birthday, Claire. Thank you. She realizes it's a cradle and he's like, happy birthday. And it's just really nice. It's nice and it's thoughtful. That's all that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because then we'll talk about Hurley if not. I have none. I just want to talk about Hurley. 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 Hurley time. Um, Hurley is helping build the raft. And Jin says to him, please tighten it a little. And Hurley's like, nope, super can't tell what you want. And, but Michael does. And that's like, they're friends now and they understand each other. They understand each other and they bonded and they picked their person. (gasps) Oh, 
Oh, Jin was like, I'm not picking Sun anymore. Now I'm going to hang out with guy who pudges me. Keep it like true. Yeah. But, yeah. But the, here's the thing. This is, this is how I feel if I was Jin. I'd be like, well, Mike hates me, so he won't talk to me. So I won't be confused about what he's saying. <laughs> I'll hang out with that guy. That At be- least he won't speak English that I don't understand. <laughs> so he's like, okay, it's all good, Jack. I have somebody standing guard at all times. It's all good. Here's what I'm thinking, though. We should have some sort of, like, SOS beacon that's, like, going off that says, hey, we're here, because otherwise we're just, like, a thing in the dark that no one sees. That's true. Which, how did no one figure this out sooner? Yeah. I'm just waiting for a certain character to come in closer to the end that just comes in and just goes, you guys, you're taking too long to build this raft. You should have left yesterday. Yesterday. That's who I'm waiting for. Okay. I want someone to say, having a raft in the ocean is totally impractical. <laughs> Have you seen that film with Tom Hanks and the volleyball? <laughs> I'm I'm a science teacher. <laughs> Guys, who's the volleyball on the Wilson. island? It's clearly Wilson Walt. It's Winston. <gasps> Winston. It's Winston. It's Winston. Wilson Winston Walt. That guy. Yeah. That was an easy that was an easy answer. Good job, team. Oh boy. <sighs> They're like, hey, we should uh, go get a battery from Rousseau. Saeed's like, hard no for that one. But thank you. Jack's like, listen, dude, you don't even have to go. I'll go. And it's like, thank you for the volunteering, Jack. (laughs) He's like, well, okay, just tell me how I find her. And Saeed's like, I literally don't know because when I went to her house, I was literally unconscious. Kidnapped. (laughs) So, and when I was leaving, I was basically unconscious. So I do not know. Absolutely not. I'm not asking you to go. I'll do it. No, you won't. Dude, we're just trying to- You really think that she would give up something she needs for survival to a total stranger? All I'm asking is for you to tell me how to find her. That's it. I was brought unconscious to her camp. When I escaped, I was disoriented. I don't know how to find her. Don't know, dude, or don't want to? He's like, well, isn't there like a map to her or whatever? Like the one you're like, "Mm, maybe that could be to her or something? And he's like, okay, well, she lives in something called the Dark Territory. So does that sound good? No. In the Forbidden no. Forest? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> okay. Fun fact slash anecdote about my life is that oh on the Lost Via Domus game, like for Xbox that terrified me, if you go into the dark territory, that's where the smoke monster is. And so you have to hide in the banyan trees or else the smoke monster will get you. And it's really scary. And I, ha- I couldn't finish it myself. I had to get somebody else to finish it for me because I got too scared. That is so you. I, you know what? I can also sympathize. I get scared in video games too, so. Like, I don't play scary video games. So I was like, oh, Lost, cool. And then, you know, you watch the show and you're like, yeah, run away from the smoke monster. Woo. And then you were playing the game where the smoke monster could actually get you. And it's terrifying. But, like, if anybody knows Robin really well, she has an incredible ability to just, disp- like, suspend her disbelief. And so mm-hmm. I feel like you actually think it's running after oh. you as a person. Like, you're like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. I can't run fast enough. I can't hide. So uh, Hurley sees the numbers on the map and he's like, hard yikes on this one. Yikes. Uh-oh. Yikes, Aronis. Middle of the night, wakes up Saeed, and he's like, hey, so, like, I know you guys have been doing some, like, thoughts about this map. Can you just give me, like, any details that you have about that? Saeed's like, hmm, yes, can I do it in five hours? <laughs> if anyone wakes me up in the middle of the night, I will straight up throat punch them. Perfect. That's good yeah. to know for me. Don't do that, Robin. <laughs> he's like, okay, I- like, I guess he wants to go and find Russo. 
And he's like, okay, whatever. I'm just like, you know, making conversation. Sorry if it's a bad time. Which is like one of my... <laughs> Sorry if it's a bad time. Three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Bye. Why are you suddenly so interested in Rousseau? I'm not. Just, you know, making conversation, dude. Sorry if it's a bad time. And then, yeah, so Hurley stole the map. But like, I don't know. I just... Hurley made a series of bad decisions here. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just impressed that he stole that map from him. Like, can we be honest? Like, he is Indiana Jones. Or do you think Saeed kind of let him do it? No, because then Saeed's mad in the next scene. Yeah, like, I don't think Saeed would, like, especially Hurley because he's just such a sweetie and he probably wouldn't want him to die. (laughs) Good point, good point, good point. Next scene, Hurley is filling up his water bottles. Charlie shows up and Hurley is just being, like, the most suspicious. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm going to go take a walk. And Charlie's like, oh, oh, well, I'll, I'll come and I'll take a walk with you. And Hurley's like, no, this is the one scene where where Charlie isn't a jerk <laughs> in this episode. Charlie's not the nicest in, in this uh, in this episode here. Which is confusing. Like, is it standalone? If this was the only thing you watched? Yeah, you'd be you like, Charlie's, Charlie's such jerk. a jerk. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, no, don't come with me. I have other things to do. And so he leaves, but he has spilled his bottles of water. And there are four bottles of water. Okay, everybody who's watching for the first time and has not been listening to our spoiler thoughts. These numbers have been so important throughout the series, even so far in season one. We've just been, like, mentioning every time that the numbers show up. That's the thing that I have tattooed on my person, which we couldn't say before. Uh, yes, you and, do. And, yeah, it's like, these numbers have been everywhere. The The best one that I can remember is that the reward for catching Kate was $23,000. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's usually like, oh, it's been four days, or it's been eight years, or, like, 815 is the name of the flight number, and those are two... Of the numbers. Like, the numbers are everywhere. Now I need to figure out what date. I wonder if this is, like, day 42 or something. Also, let's just remember the moral of this episode is please don't use this number for the lottery or for (laughs) guessing anything. Because just don't. It's day 35 and 36, so it's not. Though someone did the math, and if you continually play play these numbers in our lifetime, someone will win with that set of numbers. Yeah, eventually. Oh, and then Hurley's just like, I get dehydrated easily. Bye. Okay. That's uh, casual. Saeed shows up and he's just really mad. And Jack is literally just like the most confused. And he's like, you're even getting, you're just getting Hurley to do it for you. You won't even do it yourself. And Jack's like, still don't know what you're talking about. So they're like, Charlie, have you seen Hurley? And Charlie's like, I have seen Hurley. He was being weird. They're like, uh-oh. Well, we know what that means. Local teddy bear exhibits odd behavior. Yes. <laughs> Here we have a scene about Shan being worried about Saeed. And he just like tenderly touches her face and walks away. Oh, don't waste your time with her, Saeed. Tenderly touch my face. God. I know I was just a child when this came out, so it was impossible for him to do that. But it's so disappointing. Very disappointing. What um, does she do? She translates two, two words. Two French words. He's like, oh, Shannon, translate this for me. Anyone could translate for you. It's two words. <laughs> like the simplest word. She's like, oh, I probably saw that on the internet. Like, oh, God, why does that impress you? Sorry. Um, Hurley is walking across the beach with his shirt on his head and he is walking to a rap song, which I love. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact is that, um, for years people have been like, what is this rap song? Searching for the lyrics, searching for the artist. What is this rap song? We've pretty much just decided it was, it was made for the show and doesn't Mm -hmm. actually exist. 
yet. I did not listen close enough to the lyrics and I couldn't find them anywhere. Uh, but I would like to, especially since they were made for the Do you think Giacchino is just like a like an actual rapper? Like, Giacchino. Giacchino. Yeah. Do you think he just is? Like He probably he is. It's a secret. Maybe. Yeah. I'd like to Maybe know. It's like one of his unplayed demos. Yeah. It's like one of his first tracks he ever laid down. And then he like. <laughs> sure, sure. Then he was like, maybe I should stick to composing. Maybe yeah. I should stick to composing. Uh, and making stupid puns in all my songs. Um, Hurley finds the cable, calls for Rousseau, and follows the cable. <laughs> hey, French chick, where are you? It's a like, very polite way to greet someone, by the way. Hey, French chick. Hey, French chick. That's you. <gasps> Rena, hey, French chick. Oh, my God. I have it from a good source, a.k.a. my father, who is the French man, um, that I am not French. <laughs> what? Please explain. <laughs> Wait, what? Because I was not. So even though my family is all French and they're all from Quebec and then they like their family was from France. France. I am not French because I do not speak French. <laughs> so I'm a tr- I'm a traitor. <laughs> <gasps> You're like fake French. I'm just yeah, I'm fake. I'm fake news. <laughs> oh my god. Fake French news. Fake French news. <laughs> sorry. I mean, hey French chick to somebody else who isn't you. Yeah, I sorry. I just didn't want any like any mistakes. To yeah, be made didn't want on anyone to like yes. make any assumptions or whatever. I figure it's pretty safe to say my father won't listen to this. So <laughs> we're in the clear. Um Hurley steps on a pressure trigger. Uh they all catch up to him and there's like a giant spike ball up uh, that's going to hit him. And I think it's so interesting that, like, the spike ball falls afterward and they just kind of, like, catch it and they're like, man, that was rough. And I'm like, there was zero danger here. <laughs> like, he could have just lied down and it wouldn't have gotten him. Yeah. Oh, but I like how they were like, oh, no, <laughs> uh, don't do anything. Don't move. And it's like. Also, Charlie, the jerk, they're like, hey, we have to find something to replace his weight. And he's like, what? That's impossible. Draw. <laughs> Hurley's like, what the heck? I honestly just thought he was still detoxing because he was Mm -hmm. so nasty. But it's been like a month. So, like, literally, what is up with him in this episode? Could like mentally, I think, like when you're when you're detoxing from drugs, it's it's the physical stuff handles itself fairly quickly, Mm -hmm. and then I think the mental stuff sticks with you. Like, because he's still all about me. Like when he tells the story, like, hey, yeah. You know, like this is my problems. Look at my big problem. I'm like, wow, Hurley could have died today. (laughs) Excuse you very much. I just wish the show had been more clear about that, you know? Yeah. We need to find something to replace his weight on the trigger. Wait, how are we going to do that? Hey, don't move. Everybody, just calm down. Can I drop the wire? Maybe I find a rock or something. I'm dropping the wire. A big one. No. I can make it. Hurley, don't move. I can get out of the way. I'm spry. Oi! Hurley, stay Oi. put. No, Hurley, 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 don't even. Hurley. Okay, so either way, everything's fine. He jumps out of the way. He, they're like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going for the battery. And Saeed's like, fine, if everybody else wants to go, I guess I'll help. Because Saeed doesn't want everyone to die. He's mm-hmm. like, oh God, I better go with them because he is the A team and everybody <laughs> else is like, well, the B team, uh-huh. a little of the C team. Saeed's the reluctant dad character. He is. Aww. He is. Yeah. I love him. Sweet angel. He's like, if you guys don't stop f***ing around, oh, replace that with a puppy bark. Uh, it'll be a beep. I will turn this car around and we will not get ice cream. Yeah. No ice cream. Probably. I will yeah. turn this airplane around. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cable goes into the ground. I have a note here that just says Jack drinks water. And so I guess what I wanted to say about that was that I like that they're not all just like 
walking around at like running places. Like once they have a, a spot that they're all stopping Jack, who is a real person and not just a fictional character is thirsty and therefore takes a drink, you know, like he's a, he's a person. He feels like a person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like he's not just a character where they're all just like standing around being like, Oh, scary things are happening. This is the only thing I'm focused on. Like Jack is like, I'm thirsty. So I'm going to have a drink of water. It makes sense. But also you're hilarious. You know what else is so real? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, when when they get shot at, mm-hmm. sorry, we're not there yet. No, that's fine. But when they get shot at, and he just like Charlie's like, ugh, 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 and Jorge just books it. Yeah. Just no, there is no waiting. That is the realest response to me. Yeah. Like he's not like, oh well, maybe I should check it out. He's just like, and gotta go. And Charlie's, where's Charlie? <laughs> he can't keep up with Jorge because Jorge's on another on another level. Yeah. Okay, Jack and Fly. <laughs> okay, so they come across a broken down bridge. And they're like, maybe Rousseau built it. Well, well, she couldn't have done it by herself. Maybe her team did. Okay, but maybe the others did. Ooh. Ooh. Spoopy. Spoopy. Um, Hurley, who has strangely good luck today, uh, goes on to the bridge and everything is fine. Then Charlie is just like, well, if he can do it, you had a point about this when we were okay. watching. So being like the bigger person out of all my friends, first of all, if there's a rickety ass bridge... The skinny ones are going first. Can we be honest? <laughs> the little ones? The little yes. ones go first. Because who, like, honestly, like, and not that Hurley's big at all, like, really. But who would want to go after? Like, he's like, oh, well, yeah, like, he went, so obviously it's okay. Well, what if the structural integrity of it now is messed up? Mm-hmm. Like, really, you want to be the first one because you know it's going to be the most structurally sound the first time someone walks across it. Yeah. But now he's like, oh, well, it worked for him. It's going to work for me. You're dumb, Charlie. <laughs> you would have gone if you wanted that. You should have gone first. That's my weird mix of points. Uh, okay, so it collapses when Charlie's on there, uh, but he makes it there, and he's like, "So now we're gonna split up." But like, Jack is like, "Okay, guys, stay right there," and Hurley's like, "No, frick you. I'm gonna go and do some stuff. You guys stay. You're not my real mom." And then it's like, "Oh, great!" And then Charlie is just like, "Hurley." Jack is the main character. Listen to him. I'm okay. Woo! All right, you two stay put right there. We're gonna find a way around and we'll meet you there. Nah, screw that. You guys stay. There's a path right here. Charlie and Hurley, will you shut up and listen to Jack? He said stay put. You're acting like a bloody lunatic. Please stop yelling Um, at me. In Hurley's story, Hurley is the main character, so. Yeah, Hurley's main character of this episode, Charlie. This isn't even your episode. Go home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go, Go home, home, Charlie. So we have Saeed and Jack. Jack finds the tripwire. There's a giant explosion. It blew up Rousseau's whole thing. Now there is nothing there, really, um, because Rousseau knew that he would come back, and now she has moved on. If I were her, I would stay far away from those people. Yeah? You wouldn't try and team up? No. I mean, if you've made it this long, why not just keep it going? Exactly. I think I would be way too lonely. Mm. I would have to team up with them. I wouldn't even set traps. I'd be like, be my friend. Will you be my friend? <laughs> Come please? back. Waits for Saeed. I yeah, won't drug like, you I this don't... time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. well, but I think, you know, like I would, <laughs> this is too weird. I was going to say, I would drug him so he'd have to be my friend. <laughs> be like, you're stuck here now, sucker. You're going to listen to all my crappy jokes. Ha ha ha. I wouldn't actually just disclaim. Yeah, we do not condone drugging people. I would never people. actually do that. Lol. Thank you. <laughs> Hurley and Charlie are looking for them. Charlie is confused. 
Uh, he makes an Apocalypse Now reference. So Apocalypse Now, he calls him Colonel Kurtz, oh, God. who goes nuts, I, th- I guess. And uh, the movie was based on the book Heart of Darkness, which doesn't really deserve to be in Sawyer's book corner because there's literally nothing about it on its uh, Lostpedia page. But Apocalypse Now, uh, someone is called Colonel Kurtz twice in the series. Um, Charlie calls Hurley this in this episode, and then Sawyer calls Locke it uh, in season four. Heart of Darkness is a novella by Joseph Conrad, and it's about a physical and psychological journey into the heart of the African continent, which featured a character named Kurtz, who is considered insane, blah, blah, blah. Let me make sure that there isn't anything about Heart of Darkness. Because I want to talk about A Wrinkle in Time in Sawyer's Book Corner. Oh, no, it just goes to a Wikipedia page. We don't want that. Anyway. (laughs) What else do we have here? Okay, so Charlie Charlie wants the truth. He's like, we don't need to have any secrets here. You can't handle the truth. Calls Hurley crazy, which is important. Because... Hurley, I think twice in this episode, is just like, I'm not crazy. It's because Hurley was in a mental institution. Yeah. And I think we learned that in this episode after he goes and, like, meets the doctor and, like, they... We know this, so we can talk about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Every time someone says, no, or, like, you're crazy, or, like, whatever, Hurley's like, no, shut the heck up. That's, like, a huge trigger for him. just makes me really happy. Because they have, like, they, like totally talk about huge stigmas and things like that on this show Mm -hmm. but because it's part of the main narrative and they don't spend too much time on all of them um it's easier for people to digest like i don't Mm -hmm. think they realize like oh man like he's not crazy it's it's so important that people know that like going and getting help somewhere isn't crazy it doesn't Mm -hmm. make you crazy like going to get help for something mentally like mental related does not exactly. make you crazy. And then also like Claire giving up her baby and Locke being like, wow, that must've been really tough for you. Yeah. You know, like these little things that are like sometimes have a stigma in the real like world. Charlie detoxing from drugs. Yeah. Like they talks about so many important in- like issues in the world and they do it in such a palatable way for people to see it. And I don't even think that they realize that it's being presented to them. And I just think it's really important that Lost does that for people. <laughs> Yep. Thank you for saying nice things about Lost. It brings me joy. You're so welcome. One minute you're happy-go-lucky, good time Hurley, the next you're Colonel Bloody Kurtz. This doesn't make any sense. It's not you. Dude, you don't know me. Well, all this time on the island, you told me nothing about yourself. We all got personal stuff, dude. Don't change the subject. But we're lost out here. Jack and Zane could be hurt if not blown to bits, all because you're acting like some bloody nutter. I am not crazy. I've got my reasons for I think everything. I have a right to know. Charlie says, I think I have a right to know. I don't think you do. No. Nope. <laughs> if you needed to know to be on that expedition, then get out. <laughs> you were never, you weren't really invited. No. Like, I just think that's totally unfair. Where does that logic come from? I have no idea. But like, I don't, I don't even have like. His a, exact words were. I think I have a right to know. Yeah, I think being the opposite yeah. word there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, I don't even have any thoughts on, like, well, maybe, like, this is his point. Like, maybe this is what he was thinking when he said that. Like, it's just like, no, you don't. Hurley doesn't need to tell you anything. Just Mm-mm. because you're deciding to tell him secrets doesn't mean that he has to tell you secrets. And also, he's been kind of a jerk this episode, so, like, doubly no motivation there. Yeah. Charlie. Listen, I love Charlie in a lot of episodes. This is not an episode where I love Charlie. 
So Hurley's going to tell him, but then a gunshot happens. They all run away. Hurley falls down and meets Danielle Rousseau, an icon. And she's like, who are you? Oh, he was on the plane. Basically, all Hurley wants is help with these numbers. He wants to know what they mean. And she's like, oh, I don't even know. And Hurley's like, what? (laughs) He's like, I was waiting the whole episode for this. He's like, listen, all these terrible things have happened to me. Like, everything's garbage. I just need some answers, please. He's like, everyone thinks that I'm, like, this happy dude, which is basically what everyone's been thinking for the entire first Mm -hmm. season, I think. Oh, yeah. And Hurley's like, it's now my episode. I get to tell you that I am not a stock character. I am a person who has layers. Like an onion. Like a parfait. Like a cake. (laughs) Just naming things. Like ogres. Ogres have layers. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shrek Podcast. <laughs> this Hello is the and podcast welcome. where we talked about everything but lost. <laughs> Hello yep. and welcome to the Affiction. Hello and welcome to our Shrek Podcast from the Affiction Eldest Podcast Network. Like that it. would be our best podcast. I'm going to lay that down right now. Hard no thanks for that one. Hard big yes. No. Uh... Yep. So she's like, okay, well, here's what happened is we heard the transmission, which pretty sure is the exact same transmission that Sam Toomey and Leonard heard. Because, like, they both say 16 years ago. 16 is one of the numbers, friends. <gasps> and, um, yeah. So, I'm trying to figure out how the island... Um, what's this? This means... Flashed. Began, no, um, created. it's... I'm doing a hand movement. It's... it's Jazz hand. Uh, tra- mm, transmitted. Tra- transmitted all the way to Australia. <laughs> this is what transmitted. That was boop, nice. Boop, boop, boop. The sound would have helped, I think. Yeah, too bad I didn't <laughs> do that. Um, but I'm just trying to figure out how it transmitted all the way to Australia. But that's fine. Not everything needs to have an answer. Uh, so she found the radio tower. And after her team all died, died, aka she killed them. In quotes. Yeah. Yep. Um, she went and changed it. Uh, it's over near the Black Rock. The thing that is weird about this scene to me is that Hurley says, oh, the distract signal that we heard. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, girl, you weren't there. When did you learn about that? Uh, gossip? Gossip, I guess. Maybe Charlie told him? Yeah. Maybe she knows that they've, like, that people hear this distress signal. Well, Hurley's the one who said, oh, was that the distress signal that we heard? Well, she... Sorry. Just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe she's telepathic, or as I like to say, telepathetic. And she just sent it to him? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> then he's talking about how the numbers are cursed, and Russo's literally like, huh. No, you're right. Yeah, those are cursed, aren't they? And Hurley's like, this is life-changing. Thank you <laughs> so much for telling me. <laughs> Finally, validation. Finally. Thank you. Did you ever find out anything about them? Do you know where they got their power? Power? They bring bad stuff to everyone around you. They're cursed. You know that, right? The numbers are cursed. The numbers are what brought me here. As it appears, they brought you. Since that time, lost everything 
everyone I cared about. So yes, I suppose you're right. They are cursed. You have no idea how long I've been waiting for someone to agree with me. Thank you. An adorable hug in a wide shot. But honestly, if that had been anyone else, she would have killed them. Yeah. Like, I think mm -hmm. that she was honestly yeah. was like, wow, this man is absolutely not this dangerous man is crazier than all. I am. And she's like, I better give him a hug because he's going to lose it. Yeah. She's like, all right, whatever. Here, take the battery. Bye. Yeah. Like, so nice. Mm-hmm. Saeed is still in the Rousseau hole. It's coming from the window. Okay. Someone's doing something out there. They're probably like, stop coming yelling about a random TV show. We can hear you. Um, and Saeed finds the photo of Nadia. It's a little, little crispy there. Do you think this is like, what's going through Saeed's mind when he finds this photo? Is it like, oh, right. I was going to find her still. Yeah. Ooh, this is that girl Yikes. that I'm in love with. Oh no, now I have two. Weird. Uh-oh. He just like represses it all down. It Maybe just, this like, is Shannon's just his side piece. It just like honestly, it, it like rewatching it, it, it kind of made me uncomfortable. Cause like if I like I know that I know that he thinks Nadia's gone. No, he well, um uh, kind of people like, don't know this yet, but Okay, so here's yeah. my thing. Like obviously we can't say that. Yeah. But like if you're in love with someone else and you had a thing going on. And you now get on an airplane, get in a crash, and you're on this island. My main thing would be like, wow, I've got to get off of here. I've got to find her. Yeah. And his thing is yeah. like, well, like you said, like I could I could pick this cute little blonde side piece and <laughs> can hang out and she'll be none the wiser when I get home. Like I'm just like <laughs> I just wanna know so what's not going on. I know it's not Saeed. Like that's why I wanna know what's going on in his head. Like I feel like he actually thinks in his mind that I am never getting off of this island. Mm. Might as well just so have I a might time. as well just live my life. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm never getting off. Right. And that's so sad because Because it, Yeah. Because it's sad. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just brutal. They find Charlie. Hurley is back. Hurley gives him the battery and says, and I quote, she says hey. <laughs> so good. Which <laughs> like imagine if this was a direct quote <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> Oh, thank you for the battery. And Rousseau goes, Yeah, you're welcome. Um, tell Saeed hey. <laughs> That makes me laugh. But she says it sassy. Like, she says... It's super mm, chill. Tell Saeed, hey. Hey. What's up? Hey. And then they give the battery to Michael. And Michael and Jin are having a having a bro time. Just hanging out. Making a, making a raft. They're best yeah. friends. It's chill. Lastly, Hurley is holding his shirt above a fire. And ugh, this is, like, one of the moments that I actually do like Charlie. I know food's scarce, but your shirt? When you find a laundromat, let me know. Which is just like a joke I would make. So I support it. Yes, it is a joke you would make. And um, Hurley's like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. I, it feels like the crash is my fault because I have really bad luck. A lot of bad things happen to me. Charlie goes, dude, bad things happen to everybody. It's like, why aren't you just listening? If you wanted the secret, listen to the story. <laughs> because he doesn't. <laughs> it's the Robin frustration yes. hour. Because he's not listening to understand. He's mm -hmm. listening to answer. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much. He just wants to know. He doesn't actually like care about how it, how it, I don't know. 
Well, like you can tell, like you can just tell a lot by how Hurley is saying things, and mm-hmm. like he truly believes that this is all his fault. And then when he goes in to like actually tell the story, he's like, "Yeah, this is garbage. This is a garbagey story." Like, can you imagine poor yeah. little Hugo? Charlie is saying, "Listen, here's what I was doing when we when the crash went down. I was doing heroin in the bathroom, and uh, yeah, so everything is garbage in my life too. Is that your fault too?" <laughs> No, because I didn't even know you. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not responsible for every single thing that happens on the planet. Here's my, that was my biggest secret. Now you tell me your biggest secret. And Hurley's like, okay, well, I was going to the whole time. I don't, you didn't need to. Back home, I'm worth $156 million. Or, well, that minus whatever he owes Walt. Exactly. Minus, <laughs> I think it's 83000 that he owes Walt. Just a drop in the bucket, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, literally yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, people who are watching episode by episode, remember the moment where Walt said, you owe me $83,000 and Hurley went, you'll get it. You owe me $20,000! You'll get it. He's gonna get it. He's gonna get it. No problem. He's a, as good as his word. But either way, Charlie doesn't believe him and gets angry. I think Charlie's just mad at himself. Yeah. I think Charlie made a lot of mistakes. And, like, could you imagine just, like, really screwing up your whole life and then being stuck in a place where you don't, like, all the time that you have, you can spend thinking about all the crap you did in your life. Like, I think he's just angry at himself. Hmm. Yep. There's a lot of, like, guilt in there. And he's taking it out on everyone else. Lastly, in this storyline, we do a slow push in on the hatch, and it has... 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 written on it. <gasps> Do you want to hear a fun fact, a slash anecdote about my life? Yep. Yeah. Um, the writing on the hatch there is the exact font that's on my leg. Yeah. How did you get that? The tattoo artist Googled the numbers and found it. <gasps> and I okay, was like, shout out to that tattoo artist. Yeah, he was nice. Uh yeah. It was good. That's some real dedication there. I'm really pleased with it. It's not just like the numbers. It's like the numbers that actually look like they are on the hatch. They're Desmond's numbers. Shh. They're, uh, <clears throat> they're insert spoiler here's numbers. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. That's all I got for fla- flashback time? Um, yeah. So uh, Hurley is watching TV and he's wa- he's wearing a uniform for a... An establishment called Mr. Clucks. Yeah. Do remember yeah. Mr. Clucks? Oh my gosh. It's uh, very important. His mom is talking to him about how he needs to find a woman and stuff. Listen, I love Carmen for most uh, most things, but Carmen is always very unkind about Hurley's weight. Is she? Yes. She's, yeah, she is. She's never she? very, she's never good about that. Well, like that can spark problems mm-hmm. like he can get really bad self-esteem problems from that like don't say that I to think your he child does. your mom's like the most important person in your life she like birthed you she held you for nine months before anyone else even saw your tiny little face yeah and you don't want to hear your mom say things about you being like big or no it screws you up for life mm-hmm. she says he needs to go out and find a woman um we have uh the lottery is on so do you remember at the beginning of outlaws when sawyer was like making out with that girl and i said she's gonna come back Mm -hmm. there she is on the tv there on the tv that's right mary joe that's right mary joe there she is and also uh the same fun fact that i made last time but the girl who plays the lottery girl aka mary joe is named Brittany perineau and she is married to harold perineau who plays michael 
Hey, we have the same name. That's nice. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but also, that's like a huge mind like blowing event. Yeah. The, the 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 struggle to not swear is very real. I believe in you. You shouldn't. I think it's funnier if you do. <laughs> <laughs> I know because then, then she just like bleeps it out, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, Brittany has the worst potty mouth. Uh, Hurley won with the numbers four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, and forty-two. You know what is the weirdest thing is when people talk to me about loss and they like haven't finished the 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 series and they probably like mm-hmm. they're like I watched a season and then I stopped or whatever. I hate people like that. Oh, but anyway, um, they always say, "So what did the numbers mean?" And I'm like, "That is the biggest question. I literally cannot." even answer that answer that, that unravels the whole show it unravels the whole show and also like just the numbers are so many things i've seen it i've seen the whole thing and today i'm like why those numbers ultimately what did the numbers mean like, yeah i i thought like, i was being was the- dumb for just sitting here going well what did the numbers mean I, but it's like so many different things like it did mm-hmm. it wasn't like these numbers are symbolic for this reason it's just yeah. like these numbers these numbers are everywhere they're the catalyst the, yeah those numbers yeah so I don't they know. meant everything and they meant nothing. Yes, oh, exactly. So, so people much. are like, so what did the numbers mean? I'm just like, heck if I know. <laughs> heck. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, this is a near record jackpot because uh, this is the 16th week with no winner. So that's a number. Damn, I love how many of these you caught. Yeah, oh yeah. There's loads, especially in this episode because they want to really drill it into the ground if you haven't noticed already because you didn't know the numbers that these <laughs> numbers are all over the place. Now we have family and reporters and such. Um, they're like, how'd you come up with the numbers? And he's like, oh, well, they just um, came to me. So there's that. Um, this is my mom. She's the best. I'll buy her a new house. This is Diego and Lisa. Shout out to Lisa, who is an icon. Wait, but did the numbers just come to him? I can't really remember. No, he got them from Leonard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this happened in this episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you not understand how bad a memory I, I have? I know, BB. Thank you. Diego is his brother, I think. Unless he's his cousin. I don't know, because he never shows up again. So I literally don't remember. One sec, I need to know now. Diego Reyes is Hurley's brother. His wife, Lisa, left him for a waitress soon after Hurley won the lottery. Lisa, a queer icon. She's probably what? one of two queer characters, and we don't even know anything about her. So In Lost? How is she? Yeah. Why is she a queer icon? Because she left Hurley's brother f- for a waitress. Okay, I just processed that properly. <laughs> I was like trying to parse it out. I'm like, what does she mean? No, she is a queer icon. Mm-hmm. She might be my new hero. Yeah. Ooh. Also, I want to watch a TV show about that. about Lisa and the waitress. Hell yeah. Know. Um, I'm on Diego's Lostpedia page right now, and for trivia, it says oddly Diego never appeared or is mentioned ever again. There are a lot of things that happen with like. Hurley's family later in the in the series we see a whole bunch of flashbacks and all these things about Hurley's family and he's never brought up again so that's kind of weird probably because he's one of those fair weather family members so mm. like you win the lottery yeah. and you're like yes and, and then <laughs> then it's done yeah so now we are introduced to Grandpa Tito he got a pacemaker four years ago four is a number and basically all he wants is to give him rest send him on a cruise Hurley is saying out loud all I want to do is do things for my family. I just want good things to happen. <laughs> and he said, I put them through a lot recently, which I assume is about the fact that he was in the mental hospital. Which is heartbreaking. Yeah. And all he wants to do is have good things happen to his family. He's like, I'm going to buy my mom a new house. And after Tito's cruise, then Tito falls down. 
and dies. Yeah, that was shocking. <laughs> but <laughs> that you was know, hard to watch. Like yeah. you knew immediately that it was setting up. Yeah, for it. Mm-hmm. Even the first time, I was like, "Ah, oh, Tito's a goner." Yeah. Bye, Yikes. Tito. The next one we have is Hurley and his giant Hummer. I mean, after everything you've been through, mm. like Grandpa. Dios lo tenga en la gloria. They had the funeral. Mm-hmm. While the Aguilar getting struck by lightning. Man, that was a freak storm. And Diego moving back home after Lisa left him for that waitress. Don't mention that whore to me. I'm just saying, you deserve something good to happen. Heck, yeah. I love Lisa. Hell yeah. You know what? That's what the musical Waitress should really be about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Lisa and the Waitress? Yeah. He talks about how there's a curse set on him and she gets really mad because they're Catholic. And curses are bad. I mean, I don't think there's an instance where a curse is good. No. Carmen is always... She's always very religious. And usually they sometimes... Most of the time, they use Carmen's religion as comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, later in the series, it's almost always used like she's so religious that it's comedic. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel? As the resident Bible expert, yeah, I would like to say that she does not like curses because curses is something to do with witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And witchcraft is not something that is, uh, you know... Nobody likes that yeah. in the Catholic sector. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I I think it's weird that they use it to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess I never really even noticed it. Like, it's weird because I am Catholic, but I, like, I, I would laugh at it. Yeah. Because, like, all that stuff where she's like, oh, God. And she's, like, mm-hmm. praying. Like, that makes me laugh because yeah. I know people who are like that. Right. And, like, I know it's never okay to laugh at someone's expense, but it is, I don't know, it's... It's cute. It's something cute that she does. And I think they're trying to make her this really sweet, wholesome, like funny old grandma kind of a character. I don't know. That's my best guess. Cause I really don't think they're like, let's make fun of her because of her religion. Right. No. And I don't think, I feel, I don't think that's what they're doing. I just think it's interesting that they're using it as comedy. Like the one that really stands out to me is later in the series when she has this statue of Jesus and she's going to tell Hurley a secret. And so she covers up statue Jesus's ears to tell the secret. I think it's absolutely hilarious, yeah. to be honest. No, I think it's like, I think I, it's funny, too. It's just interesting that they use religion for that. I, I think it's like... Well, I think, like, especially in, like, modern-day society, if we don't have something to laugh at, we're all going to die. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't think... If it's done with respect, mm-hmm. I think you can absolutely make a joke out of something. And I think they're not making fun of the religion so much as making fun of her, like, zealous devotion to right. it, right? Yeah. So... I don't know. In my mind, it's not disrespectful. Like, I think that's funny because she actually, like, I think that they're poking fun at the fact that she thought it was, like, the little statue of Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Is Jesus and he can hear. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's comical. Yeah. Because, you know, like, even just religiously, like, Jesus is all around you. He's not, like, an object. Right. He's not, like, a thing. So, like, when you have a cross in your house, that's not Jesus. That's a reminder for you. That Jesus is To feel that he's around. But exactly. it doesn't mean that he's not around if it's not there. So I just think it's adorable that she's like, bloop. <laughs> but it's the same thing like in movies when they're like, you know, it's always that weird, awkward scene where like these two, this married couple comes to stay with their mom and there's a gigantic picture of Jesus in the bedroom. So they can't do it. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, I can't do it with Jesus looking at me. It's like, well, that's Jesus, not Jesus is everywhere, first of all. And secondly, like, that's not Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 
So he makes her put on a blindfold and she hurts her ankle. And I always have to plug my ears for that moment because the sound of her like hurting her ankle makes me really uncomfortable. It's just, ugh. Um, there's smoke in the house and yeah, bad things are happening. Something that I noticed when me and Rena were just rewatching here was that neither of them are wearing seatbelts. Yeah. Really? Unless, unless they're wearing, unless Hummers have, I've been, I, I've actually been in a I Hummer recently. I see a seatbelt No, not even a thing. Either. So like. My uncle owns a Hummer. I've been in it recently mm-hmm. and I don't remember the seatbelts being weird in any way. Well, what if the seatbelts in this particular Hummer, because, like, sometimes in, like, Jeeps and stuff, like, older, like, off-roader Jeeps, they have them around the waist. Mm-hmm. So maybe that Maybe just that thing? one specifically. But, like, but, yeah, like, you we didn't, didn't even see one, like, behind them, like, the little, like... Clip for it. Clip for it or anything. It was weird. Like, let's talk about unlucky. I think it was just, like, a choice. I have a fun fact. Yeah. Um, there's a Chinese character on Hurley's necklace, and it's the Chinese character for luck, because, of course, it is. So ironic. Mm-hmm. The only way it could be more ironic is if it broke. Yeah, true. I love this moment so much. Hurley's like, okay, I'll call 911. And he picks up the phone and the police show up and he's like, oh my God. How did they get how did they get here so fast? I haven't even called Bless. them yet. This is incredible. I love that he just that's what he thought it was. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wow. Like technology. My luck is finally turning around. Like, no. <laughs> They show up, they, like, are aiming guns at him, he gets arrested, and he's like, cool, so a curse. Am I right? Am I right, Mm -hmm. ladies? He goes to see his accountant, whose name is Ken. That's a fun fact for you. And he's like, all your stocks are up. Is that fun? Things are good. He's got... you, You now have a share of a box company in Tustin. Which, hoping that everybody is understanding that one because uh, Locke works at a box company and uh, told Hurley that um, he's from Tustin. So that is Locke's box company. Does that mean that technically Hurley is Locke's boss? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Fantastic. And um, there's this really great moment where, like, Earlier in the series, when Boone was asking Locke what he did, Locke said, I work for a box company. And Boone said, box company? And he said, yeah, they make boxes. I was a regional collection supervisor for a box company. A box company? And they made boxes. And so I love this moment that he's like, you now own a box company. And he's like, a box company? And he's like, yeah, they make boxes. And you are now the majority shareholder for a box company in Tustin. A box company? Mm-hmm. They make boxes. Lucrative business. Everybody needs boxes. It's just perfect. They do make boxes. Robin's like, do you get it? Do you the get detail. the detail? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. good. Bringing her back. Bringing her back. Nod. Nod. You want to know something about boxes? Mm-hmm. Boxes yeah. have four corners. No, they have four corners. <laughs> wow. The numbers. Eight's a number. <laughs> it still works, people. Fuck <laughs> you, Karma. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm so excited about four. I'm like, fuck <laughs> it. It's four mess. corners. What I meant to say was it. Nope. It's, it doesn't have four sides either. It has four of nothing. 
And if it doesn't have eight, maybe it has 16. Whoa! I don't understand geometry at all. I don't understand math. I failed it, which is why I now have a pop culture podcast. (laughs) Listen, I graduated graduated math early and I still have a pop culture podcast. Oh my god. Uh... Curly used to own a sneaker factory in Canada. Where in Canada, I would like to know, but we probably will never. But it burned down. And like eight people died. Whoa! Whoa! Well, the good news is that they overinsured it, so he gets more money. Whoa! Whoa! And Yay. you get more money because uh, they falsely arrested you for being a drug dealer. Yay! Whoa. Capitalism and racism all in one episode. Amazing. So great. But I think there's actually a fun fact about that on the um, Lostpedia page that was just like, one hmm. time Hurley played a drug dealer on a show. Or like Jorge did. So that's cool. Sure. He's like, where did you get the numbers anyway? And then Hurley realizes the numbers are the thing that's cursed, not the money. And the dude's yeah. like, really? And he's like, dude, I'm not crazy. Because not being crazy is important. And then that's when the, a dude falls past the window. So, yikes. It's chill. It's chill. We meet Leonard, who... It, it's weird because I checked his episode number, and he's only in two episodes. And it feels what? like Leonard is across the entire series, it feels like. Yeah. But Leonard is only in two episodes. That's amazing to me. Leonard only needed two. But that's the mark of good writing with a character. Yeah, true. Uh, so, basically, they won't let him in. The nurse is, you know, just doing her job, like you do, and there's this dude changing the light bulb very precariously, and Hurley's like, can you not? Dude, do not do that right now. Leave the bulb for another time, man. Can you not? And the dude's like, I guess I can not, so I won't. (laughs) Yeah. Good call. Um. (laughs) But really, that guy, like... Does that guy really have to stop? Like, if I was doing that job, I'd be like, ah, uh, sorry, bro, this is my job. Like, I'm already up on the <laughs> yeah. ladder. I might as well do it. And yeah. I do it, and then I break my neck Yeah, because Harley was there. Like, I feel like, I mean, if I was that guy, I'd be like, okay, I guess I could do this a little bit safe, safer. Moves ladder three inches to the left. That's much better than get it done. I did Boy. my job. A doctor recognizes him, and he's like, listen, I didn't know that you and Leonard were, like, bros. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we were bros. Totally. Yeah, we hung out. Leonard is there. He's repeating the numbers. And I love how it, like, cuts to commercial break, because you're supposed to be like, oh, that's where he got the numbers. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) And so he's like, dude, what are the numbers? Are they the things that got you here? Did something bad happen to you? Something bad happened to me, so I need to know. Because I did the lottery, and it was bad. <laughs> and Leonard's, he just changes. He lost his blob. He, he literally was just like, wait, what? Dude. Dude, how stupid are you? You're not supposed to do that. And then he just goes nuts. And he's like, the way I found them was I found them with Sam Toomey. In Australia! And oh no, what could be in Australia? <laughs> and it's like one of those moments again that gives you chills and you think, oh yes, that's how he got there. Yes. It's so good. It's good writing. It is good writing. Yeah. Lastly, this is the last one, we go and we meet Martha. So we're in Australia now. This is Martha. Hi, Martha. So she tells him that Sam has been dead for four years. Oh! That's a word. Or a number. The fact that you guys did that in sync was amazing. Um, 
he's just like, you knew a guy that I know, his name's Leonard. Oh, yes, Leonard Sims in the Navy. That's nice. Yeah, sure. Sure, is he still uh-huh. in the service? Like, what's he doing? Oh, he retired. That was a nice way. <laughs> what was nice of Hurley? Yeah. It was kind for both Leonard and... Martha. For Martha. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear the word Martha, I hear that thing from the Grinch. What's I was just thinking about Martha Mayhew. <laughs> oh. Martha, Martha Mayhew. Oh, my God. Every year, Martha Mayhew has the best life. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would be the girl. Not Martha Mayhew, but the other one. Who doesn't have good lights. Who has to put them up with her hands. And her husband's like, did hey, you same. get the refrigerator light? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would be that girl. Yep. Like, bring me the lamps, honey. Sorry. <laughs> I have the drive, but not the means. Um. So she's like, oh, you're talking about the numbers. Yeah. Okay. So 16 years ago. Oh. He, here's the numbers in the static. They get to the fair and there's this giant jar of beans. Okay. So like, what? First of all. There's the number is okay, so 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. I need to know how much this actually is. 4 million 815,000. 815, 8, yeah, 815,000. Wait. I'm good at Oh my god. 4,815,162,342. No way. No. No, I absolutely right. not. This is wrong. That's not, that's just not correct. That's my whole note. Just no. Okay, well, that's a, that was a good Just note. no. That's not what happened. There's, the, she said, the jar was as big as a pony. I'm like, no, honey. That would have to be much bigger. Unless these beans are very, very tiny. What if he's a really fat pony? Um, you're right, you're right. How dare you talk about Lil Sebastian in that manner? I didn't mean to body shame Lil Sebastian. <laughs> you Christ. did, <gasps> So, basically, you get $50,000 if you guess the number within 10. It was exactly 4 billion, blah, blah, blah. There's no way. And it had been 40 years... 4? 44? Sure. 40 years and no one had ever gotten it. Oh, I just bumped the mic. Sorry. They got in an accident on their way home. She lost her leg, but he was totally fine. He started taking a record of all of the bad things that started happening to people around him. And he's like, okay, well, did he ever figure out how to stop it? And he goes, yeah. Anything terrible that happened to anyone around us, he believed it was all because he used those numbers. He moved us out here in the middle of nowhere, hoping it would stop. Did it? Did he ever find a way to make it stop? Yep. He put a shotgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. What is it you're looking for, Mr. Reyes? I use them. The numbers. To win the lottery. And now I think I'm under the same curse. Curse? There's no curse. But you just told me. You think I'd still have my leg if Sam hadn't picked the right number of beans? You you think that floods wouldn't have happened, that, that homes wouldn't have burned down, that people wouldn't have died? Well, yeah. You make your own luck, Mr. Reyes. Don't blame it on the damn numbers. 
you're looking for an excuse that doesn't exist. But like, I truly believe that. Like, you do make your own luck. Mm-hmm. Those are flashbacks. Any final thoughts before we move on to segments? No. I got right. nothing. I got, yeah. Who is yachting? Me. It's my fault. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Evil. Now it's time for our favorite line awards. My favorite line goes to Hurley, of course, this episode. And it is... Okay. That thing in the woods? Maybe it's a monster. Maybe it's a pissed off giraffe. I don't know. He has such good lines. He has the best lines in the whole show, fact. Yeah. And my award goes to Hurley and Saeed for... Hi. You awake? I was just wondering that myself. Because I am a sleepy person and I am never awake. So I relate. (laughs) My word goes to Hurley and it's... Hold on a second, dude. You want one now? You want to make snowball? Because he just has no idea what Jin is saying. And he just is trying so hard. How sweet that he thinks that that means snowballs. (laughs) That's where his head went. Now we're going to talk about light and dark. I thought of exactly zero light and darks this episode because I just didn't, that's just not what I was thinking about. So. No. I mean, <laughs> there was, it looked like a smoke monster on top yeah. of his house when, yeah. his mom's house when that part was burning. So I was like, look at the dark. Mm. Um, that works. I honestly, like I, I was not. There wasn't, and there wasn't that many. If I'm remembering very well like there's not even parts where it's like "Ooh, it's dark in this place and it's light in this place they just didn't most of it was pretty light this episode so i can't even think about that but yeah yeah, so there's that most of the i mean they were doing the numbers theme in this one not the light and dark theme yeah so um now we're gonna move on to man of science man of faith so let's start with hurley i think almost certainly faith right yes okay um charlie yeah i think he's a man Um, of faith yeah okay jack Science. 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 Michael. Science. 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 Locke. Very clearly faith. Yes. Claire. I think she's going to faith. Yeah. Yeah. And also, this is the start of, like, Locke and Claire hanging out, which makes Charlie mad later. I like how Locke's not allowed to hang out with anyone without making someone else mad. I know. Like, Shannon's like, what are you guys, jungle pals? See your boyfriend now? It's like, can people just hang out with... With Locke. And then Michael gets no. mad at, like, Walt hanging out with Locke. Like, can Locke exactly. just have a friend? It's just too much. Um, how about Carmen? Faith. Faith. <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking science. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder. What about Leonard? Science. Yeah. And I'm definitely yeah. putting Martha in science for sure. Yes. You know what, though? Leonard could be Leonard could be Faith because mm-hmm. he really does believe that those... Yeah. That the numbers are cursed. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, you bid with those, you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. All right, so now we're going to move on to Hurley's Walkman. And um, all I really have for this one is that, uh, first of all, that rap song. And also, we kind of get the start of Hurley's theme. Uh, it's one of my favorite of the kind of motifs that Jacquino does. And um, mm-hmm. it goes like this. Oh, I love that one. And it basically means something kooky's happening with Hurley and the numbers. That's it. When he... I love the motifs. You know the travel motif? Yep. Like... Okay. Fun fact. I use that. So on like an iPhone, you can make like a vibrating pattern on your phone for somebody. So that's Robin's on mine. 
And so it'll be my back pocket and I'll that? start to feel yeah. that. And I'll be like, oh, it's Robin. Because you hear, because <gasps> you go. <laughs> it's so funny. And it can't do like any syncopation or anything like that. So it's not quite, it's like. <laughs> 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 and you're like, close enough. And you're like, yeah, okay. That's sure. recognizable. That's still so cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, in Sawyer's book corner, uh, Sawyer was reading A Wrinkle in Time, and I believe it said that he was listening, or he was reading the 1976 commemorative edition. So Ooh, he's, he's fancy. fancy. Yes. And the movie's gonna be amazing. It's a children's fantasy novel, and it was first published in 1962. It has been the recipient of num- numerous book awards. It is about two children accompanied by a friend who searched through space and time for their father. It is. It involves an evil known as the Black Thing, Ooh. Uh, that is expanding through the universe, and through like multiple diven- dimensions. And it it just says culminating in a happy ending, kinda. So I don't know. I haven't read it, so I don't know what that means. I watched the movie. You ever read it? No, the old movie I watched. Uh huh. I just remember the like Pegasus thing. Okay, that's about it. It's similar to Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, and The Outsiders. It is listed on the American Library Association's most frequently challenged books due to the references of to liberal Christianity and religion. That and Harry Potter. Okay, I don't know what it is about Harry Potter, because listen, my Catholic school, we like sat down and like analyzed it and mm-hmm. made it an analogy. It religion. is an analogy. It's a huge analogy. I first read Harry Potter at a Catholic school. So is Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. And I have some more thoughts on this in the spoiler section as well. So, well, let's do that. Uh, did they do the thing this episode? Yes. yes, they finally did the thing. In fact, I counted, and they did the thing 30 times. Why don't you tell everyone what the thing is? Uh, it's when they say the episode title in the episode. So they, they said the word numbers 30 times in this episode, and now I have to decide <laughs> which clip to use. Please, tell me why you wrote this. What do these numbers mean, Please. How many episodes since the last knockout? I don't think anyone got knocked out in this episode. No, I don't think so either. It's been three episodes since somebody got knocked out. This has to be the longest streak. It has to be. So I feel like we're going to lose it after this. Yeah, probably. Um, As for listener thoughts, if you feel like we missed something or if we've said something that you're like, hey, that's not quite correct, uh, go ahead and send us an audio clip or a text paragraph uh, to podcast at gmail.com. We will play it slash read it on air. And, or, or you can just tweet us about it or DM us or whatever you want. Just yell at us in general. Sure. We'll hear you. (laughs) We'll hear you. (laughs) I hate you. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We talked about all of season four and we'll be talking about season five next year and going to a convention called Unity Days in January. It's going to be awesome. And if you're a fan of Riverdale, we are right smack in the middle of talking about season two and season one is available on our SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, YouTube soon. (laughs) Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would love you so, 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 so much. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Rena, thank you so much for being on this episode. Thank you. Oh gosh, thank you. Um, how do we find you on the internet? You can follow my angsty 12-year-old self at Rena Catherine on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat, whatever you'd like. And you can also follow my dog. She has her own hashtag. It's long live Taco Bella. Yeah. You're welcome. That's a great okay. idea. Yeah. You're going to love her. Okay. Um, and uh, just hit me up when you want to be on another episode. Just like choose an app and I'll write you down for it if someone else hasn't taken it. And uh, you can join us for next episode, which is episode 118, Deus Ex Machina. Whoop, whoop. <gasps> Who's your buddy? Our buddy is Erin, who is at Hood of MetaStation. She's so and smart. She's very smart she's an and English very lovely. And we love her so, so much, and we're so excited for her to come on. Yeah, she's finally, like, actually started, like, watching the show, and so it's really exciting to have her. She's actually in a pretty big spiral right now. Yeah, she, like, just started, and now she's like, I'm on season three. (laughs) Yep. I relate. It's real. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Love you, bye! Bye! Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers! Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Welcome to the spoilers. You always sing your own little song. I know, and I put them I put them both in there anyway. Now we don't have to talk about numbers, because numbers are a thing now, finally. Oh, thank How happy God. are you? Uh, okay, what do I have in spoilers? Oh, Mr. Clux was my first one. Hurley works at Mr. Clux. Eventually he will quit Mr. Clux and then own Mr. Clux. He will buy Mr. Clux and he will run Randy into the ground. That's divine. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. It will be great. Um, Oh, just the next one is that he says, I put my family through a lot, which is the whole mental hospital thing, which we kind of talked about. Oh, okay. So there are all of these reporters around. I wonder if one of them is Trisha Tanaka. I mean, is she dead? No, just kidding. Not yet. Really quickly, I want to talk about A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, it is one of the things Sawyer reads, yes. Later in his Flash Sideways episode, Recon, this book is seen on his dresser in a pile with two other books. As well as number 108 on the lighthouse wheel is Wallace, which is uh, Charles Wallace is the main character of the episode or of the okay. book. Claire, something about how somebody finally needs Claire and she's perfect. Oh, that was me kind of thinking about how Charlie gets really mad at Claire for hanging out with Locke because for some reason everyone thinks that Locke is dating the person he's hanging out with. Which is just so weird. Locke just has so many sexual vibes happening. They're like, that man (laughs) is dating them all. That man. When really that's coming off Saeed. (laughs) Let's be honest. The smoke in the house looks a lot like Smoke Monster. Hurley finds the cable. Like we talked about last time, Saeed found the cable. The cable actually... There's a An airplane plane. going over top of Robin's <gasps> house right now. <gasps> it's relevant. <gasps> oh, but the cable is actually connected to the looking glass, which is where Charlie dies. Let's not talk about that, yeah, though. Uh, true. Um, Sawyer's head hurts. This is set up for Sawyer needing glasses, which is an adorable storyline <laughs> that I'm obsessed with. Really Gee, I wonder why. Well, it is so cute because he has his glasses. And Saeed is like a sweet, sweet soul who like welds two things of glasses together so that he can see. And like Jack. It's adorable. They're just, it's so good. I love that storyline so much. They all like come together to help him even though he's a jerk. Yeah. <sighs> he's one of them. Son thinks he'll never speak to her. Will he go on the raft? First of all, they end up being fine. And yes, Jin does go on the raft. Yes. Yeah. Um. Oh, I had a question about 
when Hurley was in the mental asylum, I don't think, or I don't, I guess it's not an asylum. It's just a place. Hospital. Hospital. He doesn't actually realize that Dave, does he, re- yes, he does. He does realize that Dave isn't real. So my thought was like, if he, like, maybe he, he's wondering where Dave is, but he, never mind. He learns that Dave wasn't real in flashback. So I'm a liar. Okay, good talk. Locke is talking about how maybe he can help Claire remember slash put together the pieces of her stuff. And Libby's actually the one who ends up doing that. Oh, Libby. And um, Russo brings up the Black Rock again, which we still think is just a rock, but it's actually the big boat. Oh, ship. ship. Yeah, that Richard comes on, came on. Oh, Locke makes her the cradle and the cradle ends up being actually really, she uses it for the rest of the series. Mm Mm-hmm. And then lastly, the hatch has the numbers on it. And my husband is down there. Yes. And um, uh, we actually see them putting the numbers on that in, I feel like the incident, which is a season five finale, but it might've been a little bit <gasps> earlier than that. No. Actually might've been some like a Hoth, which is also mm-hmm. in season five. But That's such a good episode title. Very, very good episode title slash episode. It's the only Miles episode that, that there is. Yeah. Rena has feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so anyway the hatch is important oh also like those are the numbers that they have to put in the computer and all that stuff so way go Desmond so yeah those are my thoughts yay those were good ones thanks are we done yeah Rena thank you so much for coming on the episode again Woo! thank you thank you for having me yay uh, you can follow me personally oh where can we find you Rena Catherine. Rena Catherine with two A's because I'm an angsty teenager. Hashtag long live Taco Bella. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia with an underscore at the end. Uh, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Redbubble, Tumblr, YouTube soon. You can donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash theaficionados. Any uh, spare dollars that you have, we appreciate very much because it's expensive to do this. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. I can get out of the way. I'm spry.